that if you keep drawing, if you draw enough, and if you keep in the process and you keep looking for ways of improving your own and looking at what other people do and engaging, you will keep getting better. Welcome to the Creative Chats Podcast with Mike Brennan. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artist makers and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram, I'm at MikeBone, or on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. I'd also love to extend the opportunity for you to join our free Facebook group called Daily Creative Habit. It's simply a group of creative people who are raising their hand to say, I want to show up more consistently for my creativity and my craft. So if that's you, if you've been kind of floundering or maybe flirting with your art and creativity for a little while, you've been looking for a way to make sure that you make time for it and to prioritize for it, well, then I want to invite you to join this group. Simply go to dailycreativehabit.com and it'll bring you right to the request page to join our group. I look forward to seeing you there. On this week's episode, I get to sit down with my new friend, Sarah Jane Vickery. Now, Sarah is a cartoonist. She's an artist, a visual artist. And we talk about how her path to cartooning and teaching others how to cartoon uh, was a little bit kind of accidental. And um, as like many of our journeys, you know, there are twists and turns. And it's learning to pay attention to the signs and the signals and leaning into things, trying things, figuring out how to best serve the people around you. We talk about her teaching, which is in the form of Cartoon Club, where she helps not only kids, but also creative individuals in corporations, uh, people who are looking to kind of, you know, play a little bit, uh, get back in touch with that place of their creativity. And cartoons are a great way to take the pressure off because cartoons are supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be engaging. And even if you don't consider yourself someone who's a quote unquote artist, chances are you have doodled in the margins of papers. And, uh, you know, you, maybe you did that when you were on the phone in meetings, maybe you still do that. But um, Sarah loves to come alongside those folks and, and really help them unlock some creativity that sometimes is hiding right beneath the surface. They just need a little push. So I know you're going to enjoy this conversation I have with Sarah. So without further ado, here's my creative chat with Sarah Jane Vickery. Well, Sarah, welcome to the show. I'm excited to speak with you today. I love cartoons. Anybody who's heard my story knows that that's a big part of me growing up. But uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here, Mike. Yeah. So uh, just for the sake of context, uh, why don't you give us a little snapshot of who you are, what you do? Yeah. So uh, quick, quick snapshot. I'm an artist from the UK. Well, I'm originally from Canada and my focus is on uh, cartoon club. That's what I teach. So online art classes for kids, adults and businesses. So I do online art classes quite a few per week, as well as like additional workshops. And I'm also working on a game based on my classes. Awesome. I can't wait to dive into some of the specifics on that stuff. 
because I think right now, especially with everyone doing everything remote and that world has become a lot more accepted than I think it was prior. I'm sure you're finding yourself flooded with requests um, and opportunities. And uh, I would love to just talk a little bit about like how you got there to what it looks like today. Um, Just kind of what your journey looked like a little bit and maybe some of your process even in, in how you create these things. So um, let's dial things back to, if we can, to childhood. Um, were there any specific memories that you have that, that you recall that were like, this said to me that I was a creative person, you know, mm. could have been games, activities, whatever. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, the big thing was, well, I always did a lot of drawing. I was the kind that I would wake up really early in the morning and I'd sneak downstairs, you know, five o'clock in the morning or five thirty in the morning. And I grab my sketchbook and I'd start drawing. And I was normally drawing cartoons and most of it was animals, you know, cause I was just into dogs and horses and everything sort of outdoorsy. Well, and I did, I did some sort of comic strips too, but, but mainly that, that was my thing. And then when I was in, um, I remember even being in like, even as young as junior kindergarten, I remember the, like we had these great, like this little art area and these great easels set up. And I remember even the teacher sort of like pulling my mom aside and, and being like, oh, look, look what Sarah did, look what Sarah did. And she, I, I just I just noticed that like she hadn't done that for anyone else, any other students, you know, in, in the same kind of way. So that, that, that was the first like memory that I have of it being like a, a different thing about me. And, then also, and then when I got into a little slightly older, when I was in grade one and two, I had this teacher who just, uh, she really liked me, but she'd let, it, it was kind of bad because she'd let me do whatever, whatever I wanted. So all day long, that would be drawing, coloring and sewing. So, and, and not much, not much reading or writing. <laughs> so yeah, those are sort of my, my early, uh, my early memories of, uh, you know, being, gravitating towards the creative side of things. Yeah. That's such a gift too, to have adults, teachers, you know, authority figures come alongside you at an early age Mm -hmm. and validate what they see in you and give you those experiences that you can build on. And, uh, and now, you know, even being on the other side of that, I'm sure you're, you know, drawing on that as well. Uh, pardon the pun, uh, you know, but you know, you're having that ability to to do that for some other kids now. Um, so w- was this something then that you decided like, okay, this is something I want to pursue for a career or did it just kind of like life take a different turn? Yes, yeah, it's, it's okay. So yeah, life took life a different took turn. A very different turn. <laughs> <laughs> As it does for a lot of creators. Yes, yes. Not all, but you know, some, some, some pursue it. But I mean, I, well, I would say that, so in high school, basically I loved art and I loved my art teacher. And I was also really good at math and science. And I really liked those. I really liked biology. I liked, you know, and, and all math and physics. I liked it all. So I was sort of torn at the end of uh, high school. Like, what do I apply to? Do I, you know, go to university for art? Do I go to university for something sciencey? And I did actually go and like, I, my, my art teacher really, she said to me, she says, you really should look at doing an art program. So I put together a portfolio and I went to, it was the OC at the Ontario College of Art. I was in Canada at the time. And I showed my portfolio at this sort of like pre-showing thing that they had. They, they had this little, you know, the teachers in there to sort of, uh, you know, give you some pointers and that. 
And I just felt like, it just felt like I wasn't supposed to do that then. I just, I didn't feel like I fit into that really artsy environment for some reason. I don't know why, I just didn't. And most of, most all of my friends were going to university for business, engineering, science. And I applied and I got, I went into engineering at, uh, at Queen's University. So yeah, from that point, from, from, from when I started university, all three, all th for the probably three years of university, I didn't draw a single thing, nothing. I did nothing artistic, zero. You know, it wasn't until kind of my, my third year, I remember I was sort of like attempting to take a mental break from some awful engineering course. <laughs> and uh, I just started, I had like, a, I was still very into horses. I had a horse magazine on my desk and I just sort of, sort of started like drawing, like, like drawing the web of the horse that was on the cover. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, it kind of struck me. I'm like, oh my God, I forgot how I used to love drawing. And it's, it had just, just, you know, it, it had gone for me for that time. Yeah. So that's when I kind of got that little, you know, snippet again. Mm. You know, I think that's a very common thing too, with, like you said, a lot of creative people who they have a passion to pursue something yet there's different opportunities that come and kind of life happens, or maybe it's the practical voices that say, you know, I don't know if you're really going to be able to make a living at this, or there are just other things that feel more responsible um, and more adult. And those are the things that a lot of times that push us forward. And then yet we find this place where we're lacking on that expression. Yeah. And I know, you know, for me, that was, you know, I had a 10 year gap where I didn't do any of my personal art and that really messed with me ultimately led to depression. Yeah. Um, because I think uh, sometimes we don't realize how important that is, that even if that isn't our livelihood, yeah. we still need to keep that place within ourselves. We need to, to keep tabs with it and keep leaning into that and expressing yeah. our creativity in whatever ways that we can because when we don't, I think that we can get frustrated and not even really realize why, right? I mean, was that your experience at that point? Was it like you're rediscovering and going, oh yeah, I remember I, I, I used to do this. I used to love this. So like, what did that, ha what happened in you at that point then? Uh, well, at that point, I mean, I just started doing a little bit of drawing, nothing very much. And it was still really snowed under with school. And, um, and, and then, well, I, you know, you sort of, you finish school and, and you, there's again, sort of this pressure as to, you're kind of carried along. Oh, you apply to these jobs and then you take one of these jobs. And then, you, you know, so like you said, like you articulate it very well, life kind of happens. And that, and that is what happened to me. And I, but, but I felt this, this unease. And then, and I, I got into an engineering job and I really, really hated it. And I thought, well, maybe I can get something that's a little more, you know, business-like. And then, then I changed and I went into, like I studied again and I went into financial services and I stayed in that for a long time. And there were a lot of skills I built up doing that. And it was very, 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 very valuable uh, to do. And I had a great team that I worked with, but after so a certain amount of time, again, I really started to feel like, something's really missing like this is it's it's fine. like I couldn't I couldn't put my finger on anything that was wrong or bad but things weren't quite right you know like I wasn't 
like charged up and engaged. And it, yeah. like you said, like there's something really missing. And so I started to, uh, and I don't recommend this. I thought I'll get back into something. I thought I'll start, I'll paint watercolors. I always wanted to paint watercolors. Watercolors are so difficult. <laughs> anyway, I started with watercolor and I did some classes. That, and, and then I started to feel like, you know, I think I want this to be more than just a hobby. And I understand for lots of people, like hobbies enough. For me, it wasn't enough. Um, when I get a taste of something that I really like or that, or maybe it was more that it of what it reminded me of, you know, of, of how much I loved it when I was young, then I wanted, I wanted it to be more. I want it to be more of what I did. And uh, yeah, I wanted to, I wasn't sure what form that would come in. And so I decided, I'm like, well, okay, I'll go back to school again and I'll study design. I thought this, that's, a, a, it's artistic, but kind of practical, I thought. So <laughs> that's when I came over to the UK and I, and I studied, I studied design and it was, it was, it was good. It was really good, but again, not quite what I wanted to do. I, I again, gravitated back to my artwork, my artwork. And I, and I, I did some part-time jobs to sort of like, you know, part-time doing this design and marketing stuff and, and part-time on my artwork. And then it's only been the past sort of uh, like several years that I've gone full-time doing my art. Mm. So that was sort of my path. Yeah. It's interesting because I think you point something out that a lot of other people too may experience where it's, you, you know, something needs to change, you know, you need to move towards something, mm. but it, you end up going to something that's like kind of adjacent to what it is that you really, where you really need to be yes. thinking like, well, this is still kind of practical enough. This is still kind of enough, right? There's, there's this sense of um, maybe it's fear for some people. Maybe it's, it's a sense of responsibility. Um, you know, I, I, it could be different, but it still ends up the same place. Cause I understand completely what you're talking about with that, because that's uh, similar to my path, you know, where I ended up going to graphic design because at one point I was comparing myself to a lot of other visual artists, um, you know, illustrators and fine artists and doing styles I couldn't do or didn't like doing and therefore told myself I couldn't ever be a great artist like that. I could be a designer, sure. Um, and so that seemed to be a little bit more practical, a little safer. Um, and again, it, it didn't, it was adjacent and it was yeah. good. And I still enjoy design. I still do design. Yeah. But for me, getting back to that core of what I was doing when I was a kid, that was really the thing that lit me up and where I needed to be. And so it sounds very similar to you, right? Where you, you had this kind of rediscovery process, right? Yeah, exactly. No, that, yeah, you, you, you sort of, you, you hit that nail on the head because that's exactly what happened. And it, it happened sort of from a, from a good perspective faster. So when, when I finished design school and I started doing some of these, you know, graphic design slash marketing roles very quickly, I was like, you know what? No, cannot do it. This is still not, it's, it's not me. It's not what I want to do. And uh, I was, I, I, I just didn't want to go backwards when I had, you know, made a big step going forwards. Yeah. So I knew that I wanted to do, you know, 100% my own thing, but I was really unsure of what that was. And so there was a lot of then testing the waters 
Am I going to do illustration? Am I going to do, uh, am I going to design like a belt? Am I going to like all these ideas? I can't even tell you how many ideas I came yeah. up with for different things I was going to design or create or oh my goodness. But then it started to like, it does start to sort of distill down, you know, if, and, and that is, it's true what you say, like yeah, you, if you can really get back to understanding what you're really good at and what really speaks to you, then it works. But I deny that for so long and for, for so, 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 so long. Like um, I, even, I even studied like being a health coach, all kind, you know, so many different aspects, but it wasn't until I came back to uh, drawing and cartooning that things started to click and, and that I put all of my, like I put all of my effort into it. That was the other thing is that I had to actually take the risk and put, put my effort into it. And, you know, you have to also have enough belief that it's going to work for you, mm-hmm. you know, in some, in some format. And you have to keep testing it out until something sticks. And so I remember the first uh, time I taught cartooning, I hadn't, wasn't even, it, had, it wasn't even on my radar to teach, but I had been doing this little like cartoon health blog. And I was working with um, another woman at the time we were partnered up doing a little a few like well-being workshops and that and she said oh well we're, let's do a a, a workshop at half term for the for the kids so what are we going to do she said we'll do uh design your own cartoon i'm like design your own cartoon she's like yeah kids love cartoons i'm like okay uh, <laughs> so because because it was cartooning and drawing the majority of that workshop was being taught by me right so and before it was more like led by her anyways we go into the workshop and I start, you know, giving a workshop, whatever. And very quickly, I was like, oh, this is easy. This is like, I, I was like, oh, it just really clicked. I'm like, oh, right. I, I forgot I knew how to do this. Or I, uh, you, you don't, sometimes don't realize it until you're actually in the flow of something, mm-hmm. you know, if that yeah. makes, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And sometimes there's a lot of doing until you discover what that thing is. So I've realized that I'm like, oh, maybe I should do a bit more of this. It's like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's sort of how it started. So was there the the com- the component where you're actually helping people, right? Where you're interacting with people yeah. um, versus you just doing cartoons on your own and, and, you know, for your own projects and things. How does that play into what you were thinking like, okay, this is the thing, like, did it did it fulfill another need for you or check another box in your column to say this is something that that is closer yeah massively massively because i'd been doing as well like greeting cards and i'd done some painting i've been in a been in a you know arts group for painting and that but i just i couldn't stand the thought of producing another product or drawing or whatever that that it just, I don't know. I didn't just want to do products. It was not satisfying to me. I needed something that where I was interacting with people, where there was feedback, where I was engaged with them, where, um, and, and where, because I really believe that the creative process, it's not something you do in isolation. You know, everyone pictures the artist working away up in their studio and, and being in complete bliss and joy. No, not me. I'm not interested in just like I don't get great joy just from drawing. It's in the um, in the expression of it, but part of that requires somebody seeing it mm-hmm. and or 
like offering their own interpretation or doing their own artwork alongside of you you yeah. know it's connection yeah it's the connection it's that's yeah. where the interesting part comes in and that's why i think that i've really sort of dug my teeth into this cartoon club project because it really fulfills that and also you know i'm i'm working with both kids and adults and businesses right so uh I've never done a ton of work with kids before, but I found like through the drawing and cartooning for it to be very, very easy way to relate and, and engage with kids who are really creative mm. and that they seem to really, really, really benefit from the, the type of, you know, cartooning that we do in Cartoon Club. Mm. Was there a point at which you you thought earlier on, like, I don't, I know that I'm enjoying this, but maybe a sense of like, um, imposter syndrome of like, kind of like, who am I or, or, you know, do I have the right credentials or, or any of those kind of things? And like, how did you work through that? Uh, there was definitely a lot of do I have right credentials because I, I have, you know, no art, formal arts training whatsoever. <laughs> but I don't know, for that, for some reason, that part didn't, didn't really it, it bothered me when I wasn't, I, when I couldn't figure out what was the product or the thing or the service I was supposed to provide. Then the credentials were bothering me. But as soon as I got into the teaching and teaching cartoon club, it stopped bothering me. It seemed totally unimportant. The credentials didn't seem, you know, didn't seem like a thing at all because that no one else, no one else cared. What, what people seemed to care about was their experience, their experience in doing the classes and doing that art, that form of art. Yeah. It's incredible because when we finally like come to that place where we give ourselves permission, we stop looking for a lot of the external validation. Um, and then we can be showing up in a truer version of ourselves and then kind of everybody wins, right? Because like you said, they get the experience that they were looking for. And then mm -hmm. you do too, actually, because it's, it's more authentic to who you are and what it is that you want to contribute. Um, I'm curious, working with kids all the way up through businesses, those are obviously very different <laughs> groups of people. Mm -hmm. Is there like a, um, a common, you know, uh, curriculum, if you will, that you're using and then just kind of adjusting depending upon who you're interacting with? What does that look like? Yes. No, there's definitely, it's, it's, uh, it's very common. It, it, the classes are the same. The classes are the same. <laughs> so basically, I have uh, like all, every week there's a new, a new topic in, in Cartoon Club. And it's all about like I try to come up with a topic that's a little bit uh, something a little bit maybe with a bit of a, a, a clash in it, you know, what I mean, like uh, robots in an ice cream parlor or a horrendous hair salon or something that's going to uh, sort of get the creative juices flowing. So uh, I teach this, these same topics to kids, adults, businesses. I, you're right. I do the, do them in slightly different ways, but it's uh, it's amazing how much you know people engage with a a seemingly silly idea, and the kids are uh, like we always start with a bit of brainstorming and thinking about our topic. And the kids have the most incredible ideas. You don't have to give them much of a seed and they have the whole plant kind of thing. Um, and then with the adults, they, I mean, I find 
adults that are coming continue to come more like repeating coming back to my classes they're getting more and more of that uh you know that creative in that creativity and imagination is flowing more and more so i think it's something that you know you can really improve with practice you know thinking outside of the box because and a lot of us like we, we when do we do that in our day-to-day jobs right. you know which brings me to the businesses so that that's where uh, you know, you know, I have to do uh, oftentimes my my most kind of pulling ideas and you know trying to get uh, some you know creative thoughts out of in going in there. But it's the same process. And then you know we sort of we walk through, we create like a cartoon narrative scene all based on what we've sort of brainstormed about. So I present the topic, and I don't have a set plan in terms of what we're going to draw. So I don't like I'm not. I'm not all about teaching people, oh, let's draw this style of eyes and then let's draw these, here are some types of noses you can draw. I do teach the drawing and, and, you know, students can always see what I'm drawing and see my drawing board, but it's much more about the creative process. So I basically get creative with students in class to demonstrate to them how to be creative. And as a, you know, and as a part of the process, they see me draw. So they'll see me, this is how I come up with a character. You know, I'll, I'll say, oh, the idea was uh, a, you know, a, uh, a dog who's playing a guitar, okay? And, but then I'll tell them about my process and how, you know, how do I start the scene? How do I, what's my, how do I come up with an idea for a character I, you've, you've told me about? I haven't designed this character before. So they'll see me step through that and, and stumble and be like, oh, I think I got that wrong. Or see how I, how I resolve, you know, when, when I, when I, when something doesn't seem quite right in, in my drawing, or when I can't come up with an idea, what I do, oh, let's look at our ideas again. Let's, or I, I throw it out to them. Does anybody have an idea for what I can do in my drawing here? Or, so I try to make it quite engaging that way. And then also engaging between the students. So, you know, everyone's sharing their work, looking at other students' work. What do you see in here that's good? What are they doing well? So that sort of comes back to when you were asking, when you were mentioning, you know, it's it's great that you had, you know, those teachers who who spotted things. Yeah. Because you know? that's really important. It's having someone who's sort of championing you because everyone I find like, Everyone who's trying and, and tr- like working at their drawing has something that they're doing well. You know, they, they, may, think, they, may, they may hold up the page like, mine's terrible, it's not going well, but there's something that's good. And I try to focus on that. So I'm, I'm trying to say like, build on your strength, don't focus on your weakness. Like that if you keep drawing, if you draw enough, and if you keep in the process, and you keep looking for ways of improving your own and looking at what other people do and engaging, you will keep getting better. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too, because you're, you're being the guide that you had when you were younger, but then also because of your own journey of having to kind of rediscover and uncover some things that got lost I think especially for those in the business context, it sounds like you're needing to draw things out of them and kind of push them to to re-engage with that place that was a little more playful when they were a kid. That 
got lost along the way because of spreadsheets and you know <laughs> whatever else right in the in the business world um and so I, that must be really exciting to see when you when you start seeing some breakthroughs for some people who are able to come back to that place of like oh yes. yeah like yeah. this is this is joyful yes yes yeah, that, that was Ironically, the irony there is that it was a big part of me figuring out what I was supposed to do because I would, I, I have this, I have one of my friends, she, I'd, I'd go to her and I'd say, oh, I'm having a pro, oh, I don't know if I should pursue this or pursue doing that project or she'd say to me, what do you want to do? What's fun? I'm like, fun? What do I want to do? What do you mean? I need to know what's, you know, what's the best thing to be doing. I'm looking for answers, not what's fun. But she had a really good point because we get too serious, you know, and we, we forget how to have fun. And that is a big part of being creative is playing around. And I think that I certainly am very, very guilty of this, of underestimating the value of play and of, of it being fun. And also because the fun translates to your students. Mm -hmm. That's why I come up with the silly topics, you know, the pirate's life and the, you know, all this, all this type of stuff, because it also naturally takes you back to that place. And I think, I think like, as, as you're talking about, you know, the businesses and that, I was a bit nervous when I first started giving workshops to businesses because I've given them to adults, but they're naturally they're creative adults who come to you or adult, sure. they could be adults who haven't drawn for a long time or, or they're beginner type drawers or whatever, or nervous about drawing. But in a business, these people are, it's, a it's like a team building activity. So they don't all want to be there. They're not electing to be there and they don't even know what they're in for usually. <laughs> so it's a different, you know, it's a little bit of a different uh, process leading them through. And I, like I said, I was nervous the first few times that I gave them to businesses. I thought, oh, I thought they're going to think this is very childish. I, I, they're going to think I'm ridiculous. And so I, I asked, I, like I specifically had, you know, who the leader who was organizing everything. I said, I said, please, please tell me afterwards. You can tell me as straightforward as you want. What do you like and what do you not like? I'll, I'll, I can change things. I can make it more business related. We can do more business type topics, more, you, know, you can give me some ideas for what you want to focus on or, or whatever it is. And at the end, the feedback was, and it was funny because in the kids' classes, every all the kids turn on their, we're on Zoom, all the kids turn on their screens and you share, they share the pictures. There's sometimes one or two children who won't only usually only if they're new usually if it's their first time but in my uh business classes 75 percent of the adults will not even turn on their screens let alone share their work they will not do it so i said to the the team leader I said you know tell me about the feedback what did everybody think because you don't know because they won't even talk to you afterwards she said oh she said they just loved it everyone was past sharing their photos around afterwards and they thought it was great I said is there anything you want me to change she's like no they loved it we want to book a game oh, really <laughs> so you know yeah it's it's a tricky it's a tricky thing you know and then that's why uh, that's that little voice in my head being like well, this isn't good enough people will think you're dumb like but you you don't know because we're all a lot of us are missing these types of this type of fun and, and expression and engagement. Yeah, yeah. And because I think by and large, it's not valued as much as like, 
you know, what's the ROI of this, you know, and what's the the proven business path. And, and, you know, again, like you said, you know, we get so serious. Yeah. We forget to have fun. We forget that it can be joyful and it should be. And that's actually where breakthroughs happen is because we're not so tense and, and determined and, and with furrowed brows and just, you know, sweating and trembling and, <laughs> but we're, we're relaxed and we're playing and we're experimenting. We're going like, what happens if I do this? Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe it didn't work, but that's okay. What did I learn? What can I apply to the next thing? Right. Yeah. Um, that's valuable no matter what your age or stage, I think. Yes. Um, so with all this going on, then you have this idea for this game, right? So uh-huh. tell us, tell us a little bit about the game. Like, where did this idea come from, and, and what? Give us some context. Okay, well, the game that actually it the idea for the game came from working with the businesses because because it was difficult to get the uh, as much engagement with the businesses as it is with you know in comparison to the kids. I thought, oh, geez, I thought I'm gonna because. I really rely on other people to be giving me feedback to bounce things off of in order to be creative. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to create some of my own, like, you know, other, other ideas coming in. So I thought I'll create some random cards that will be, have little like idea, you know, idea, ideas on them that can be little things I can pop in is into the, into the brainstorming session, right? When no, when there's silence, I'm like, well, I don't want to just say like, I'm spouting off everything we're going to do. So I'll pull in something that will give me an idea as well. Right. So that's what I thought I'll create these cards. So then I thought I started doing this and I thought, you know, how do I do this? And I thought, you know what, I could almost do it where, because I'm producing so much material because I do something new every week, a new topic every week that we explore. So there's a, there's a lot of research that goes into every week. I thought, you know, um, I have all these topics. What if I sort of marry these two up? Like I could, I could basically put what I'm doing in the class, the, the format that I teach and put that into a box so that into a game so that, uh, you know, anybody could be using it right and in any way that they like but they're basically getting my way of of teaching but in in something that they can take away and do on their own or play with play with friends or in any kind of a way that that works for them um like because i say about the game you know it's 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 for friends to bring friends and family together through the age i call it the ageless art of cartooning because um, because of how embarrassed so many of us are mm. when we're a certain age and all we can draw is a stick figure, <laughs> you know, that's, that's why I call it ageless art. And that's why there's a little, there's a little stick man on the box. It's like, you don't have to be an artist because you don't, because cartoons are like kids. I find naturally draw in the format of cartooning uh, when they're young. It's just, we all do it. We all draw this sort of you know, th- th- these types of figures and they're, they're so endearing, you know, mm-hmm. they're so charming, I should say. And so it's kind of this art that, that anyone can do as long as you're willing to have a go. And that, so that's what the game is about, you know, help give it, giving you like a, a bit of a, a bit of a format to work with it, especially if you haven't done anything creative in a long time, you know, yeah. just to kind of get you going. Yeah. And if it's with kids, well, they, you, they usually win because they're, <laughs> they're so creative. <laughs> so how, how do people access this game? Like, what is it, you know, the particulars of that? 
The game is going to be put on Kickstarter probably spring to summer. Um, but people can find out or get alerted about when to, the game's coming out if they go on my website and sign up for my newsletter. So there's a, you can click on sarahjanevickery.com and, and, and click on Cartoon Club and everything's, everything's there. So that's, that's what will be happening with, with the game. That's exciting. <laughs> Yeah, and then I'm also going to be doing so along when the game comes out. I'm also going to be doing like like live game playing, so people mm. will be able to log in and and so not just do tutorials online, but also like log in and play along. You know, because with everyone locked down like this, and then with the popularity of online classes and that, sometimes it's nice to be able to, you know, log in and do something that's a little bit interactive. So that's that's the whole idea of the game is that it's. You know, if you are on your own, you can still you can still play. Yeah, yeah, I love that, and it's it's bringing people together, it's having fun, it's it's unleashing some creativity, and who knows what can be built upon once you start tapping into that, right? I mean, like here it is. You would never have thought this would have been your path, no. but yet here you are, and here you are leading the way for other people, kids, adults, businesses. I mean, it doesn't really matter it's it's your influence is now rippling out to places that you may never actually even know what happens as a result of you showing up and saying you know what yeah i'm saying yes i'm going to do this and i'm going to figure out how to reach as many people as i can in as creative ways as i can and i love that you're you're doing these things taking advantage of the time in which we're living in the the accessibility that um, you know, remote learning and and technology has given us, um, and you're using all that to go. Let's go, let's add more fuel to this fire. I love it. Yeah, and I think that well, I guess there are a number of good things about lockdown, but one of them seems to be a real increase in people's desire to do something artistic, and a, quite a resurgence in people wanting to draw and wanting that wanting it for themselves and wanting it for the, for their kids. Mm, yeah. So I think that's just, I don't know, that has a really, I found that very hopeful, you know, that, that people are seeing the value in this. It doesn't have to be just drawing and anything where it's, it's engaging a different part of your brain, you know, it's challenge, it's challenging yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, it's, it's, it's an exciting time. So, so yeah. So, yeah. So fingers crossed for the game. <laughs> yeah. And, Way of me, like you said, it's a way of me reaching more people because I can only teach so many classes per week and I can only have so many kids in a sort of, you know, very interactive class. So this is, this will hopefully help more people. Yeah, I'm sure it will. And I'm going to encourage everyone who's listening right now to make sure that you go and make sure that you, you, you sign up for updates on this game and support Sarah in this endeavor. Um, you know, Kickstarter is a great way to, to be a part of something yourself and help, um, you know, grow something that is going to impact the lives of other people. So um, we're at the top of our time here today, Sarah, but I want to thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing your experiences, your art, um, and again, being that guide for other people. Um, that's a tremendous gift to the people around you. So thank you for that. And uh, just... Real quick, um, where can people find you on the internet? How can they they follow along? I know you you mentioned uh, in passing just a couple of links, but drop some more links on us so people know. 
Yes, everything, you'll find everything on my website. So that's sarahjanevickery.com. So if you Google that, or if you Google Cartoon Club, I will come up. You'll also find me on Facebook. I have a Cartoon Club Facebook group that you can join. And also, um, yeah, like I said, if you want to you know about classes or the game or anything, just sign up to my newsletter on my website. Oh, and you'll find me, I'm on Instagram too, at SJ Vickery. So those are, the, those are my main places. <laughs> awesome. I'll be sure to put some of those links in our show notes so people can follow along easily. So. Uh, Thank you again today. Uh, I really appreciate this. And uh, I know a lot of people are going to be encouraged by your story and by what's happening in your world. Thanks, Mike. And th thank you to you. Thanks for hosting me. And thanks for the podcast that you do. I mean, it's, it's great what you're doing and, you know, helping people who need that little spark themselves. So thanks so much. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.